0: You are listening to a sermon from St. Peter's Free Church in Dundee, the historic church of Robert Murray McShane. For more sermon content, please visit our website at stpeters-dundee.org.uk. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 42. Isaiah chapter 42. And in the middle of Uh, Isaiah 40 to 66, there's great, great passages that we like to pick out and they're they're just full of astonishing beauty and encouragement, but they're not alone and there are bits like we're we're going to look at just now where it it, it seems quite harsh and I kept thinking of a a title for this and uh, Isaiah 42 from verse 18 It's really about the deaf and blind church. And this is a hard thing to say. Tomorrow night we have a Hustings here and we'll have politicians here. and, And some people will want to say, how come you're so blind? Why can't you see? Why are you leading the country in this way? And I think the politicians would be perfectly entitled to turn around and say, actually, the problem is with the church. And I want, uh, I hope that you will see that this passage uh, that we have is one that really uh, applies in our situation. Begin. Hear you deaf, look you blind and see. Who is blind but my servant and deaf like the messenger I send. Who is blind like the one committed to me. Blind like the servant of the Lord. Even if you stop and just look at those words, they are completely shocking completely shocking they they at one level they don't make sense so we're going to look at at them and try and understand this because here's the a simple thing that many many people will say I can't see God and I can't hear God to which the answer is often you can't see if your eyes aren't open and you can't hear if your ears are blocked And I would often say that to people when I'm discussing people who are not Christians. It may be that some of you are here and you're not yet believers and you're saying, I just don't get it. I don't see it. And we pray that God would open your eyes and God would open your ears and your minds and hearts. But I suspect that there are many of us here who are Christians and our current experience of God is very poor. And we're saying, Lord, what's happened? And it may be, that we have become deaf and blind. There is no guarantee that you become a, that when you become a Christian. I think there's a guarantee that you are born again, if you like, that you are going to heaven. But there is no guarantee that you continue to grow as a Christian and you grow in knowledge and so on. We can turn back. We can lose uh, sight of God. And in particular, I think in the church. And this passage. Is a passage that is clearly written to God's people. It's not accusing the Assyrians of being deaf and blind. It's not accusing the Egyptians of being deaf and blind. It's not accusing people out with the church of being deaf and blind. God is coming to his own people and saying, Who's blind but my servant? And here, servant is being used in the sense of his people. So, there's a reality. First of all, I'm going to look at the reality of. God's people. What are God's people doing? In back in chapter 40 and verse 27, we read this. Why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord; my cause is disregarded by my God. God's people have become a complaining people. They are full of bitterness and unbelief. Most of The parts we've looked at Isaiah already are calling God's people to praise. But instead of praise, there is a spirit of bitterness and a spirit of complaint. And without wanting to nag, because this is not about you, it's about me as well. I think that many of us find ourselves in that situation. That it's easy or easier for words of complaint and moaning and bitterness to come out of us than it is for words of praise. Sometimes we can sing praise, we like the tune, we get really into it, we feel it. But in our lives overall, we we don't have that. There is a spirit of complaining. And the reason for that is given in Verse 18 and verse 19. The, who is blind but my servant? Back in verse 16, he's talked about leading the blind. The reason we become complaining and full of bitterness and unbelief rather than praise is because we are deaf to God's word and we are blind to his purpose. See, the astonishing thing about these verses is my, who is blind like the one committed to me? My committed. It's not the unbeliever. This is the believer. Who is blind like the one committed to me? And the word that's used for committed there is a Hebrew word that, that carries this tremendous idea of being at peace and being uh, enjoying wholeness and enjoying well-being. And here it's saying that we find ourselves in a situation where we're not at peace where we don't enjoy wholeness and we don't enjoy well-being, because we have become deaf to God's word and blind to His purpose. And there's a there's a greater horror in this as it goes on. Going on to the next one, you have seen many things, but have paid no attention. Your ears are open, but you hear nothing. It pleased the Lord for the sake of His righteousness to make His law great and glorious. We have seen many things. This is not a church where people have not been taught God's word. This is not a, a people who have not seen answered prayer. God's people, Israel, had seen tremendous things over the years and they knew about them and they'd been told about them. I think about this in the context, say, of the church in Scotland. We have experienced many great blessings from God over the years, many tremendous histories. Many great leaders in the past, many wonderful answers to prayer. We've seen these things, but he says, you have not paid attention, you have not discerned. And verse 21 is even even more astonishing. It talks about, it pleased God for the sake of his righteousness to give his law. In other words, to give to Israel the revelation of who he is in his word the lord delights in revealing himself to us we complain that we don't see god delights in revealing himself to us and we have been given that now here's my concern and it's a real real burden i'm not saying this for effect it it almost overwhelms me that the problem is not that nicola sturgeon and Jim Murphy and Willie Rennie and David Cameron or whoever, Nick Clegg, um, our, our political leaders or our educational leaders or our media leaders, do not hear and do not see. My concern is not that our, the people around us do not hear and do not see. My concern is this that what this passage teaches is that it is possible for God's people who have been given God's revelation to be blind and not to see, to be deaf and not to hear. And that's what makes it horrific because God says this is my glorious law and you have received it and you don't see. And the result becomes this. This is a people plundered and looted all of them trapped in pits or hidden away in prisons. They have become plunder with no one to rescue them. They've been made loot with no one to say, send them back. Which of you will listen to this or pay close attention in time to come? They've become trapped. In the context of this passage, the, the two words that are used here give two different ideas. One is of people who are in Israel, they're in Palestine... And the land has been invaded and they're hiding and they're hiding in foxholes. They're, they're, they're hiding in caves. That's what the, the word there, pits means. That they have, they're, they're scared and they're hidden away. They're cowering before the enemy. And the other prisons carries the idea which the Israelites would have grasped very quickly of the Babylonians coming and taking them to uh, Babylon, taking them into Iraq and imprisoning them. And so Isaiah is, God is speaking through Isaiah and he's saying I gave you my revelation I did these marvelous things amongst you, you were deaf and you were blind and now you are like those the result of it is you are cowering in these these caves or you are locked away in a prison. And I think that's true of The church in Scotland today. And I'll tell you why. We have been given God's word to win the world. And instead what's happened is the world has won the church. And so many Christians are hiding away. Like in pits. Or some are imprisoned. Not in the sense of literally imprisoned. But in the sense of um, in our spirits we are squashed. And we are downtrodden. And we, we do not have the liberty that the people of God should have. And it gets worse. Who handed Jacob over to become loot, and Israel to the plunders? Was it not the Lord against whom we have sinned? For they would not follow his ways. They did not obey his law. So he poured out on them his burning anger, the violence of war. It enveloped them in flames, yet they did not understand. It consumed them, but they did not take it to heart. I was trying to think if I know of words more frightening than that for a Christian it consumed them but they did not take it to heart God's people were under punishment for sin and as a result they experienced suffering and loss but instead of that being taken to heart they became spiritually insensitive and they did not turn back to God how is that possible? I think we live in a, in, in a kind of make-believe world sometimes in the church where we, there's two extremes almost. On the one hand, there are people who are constantly, oh, God's going to get us and so on. And then they don't, I, I don't actually think they really believe that, but it sounds good to them and it sounds humble and it allows them to do nothing. On the other hand, I think there are people who go, yeah, 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 th- things ain't been too good, but I don't have to worry about that just now because God is love and that's fine and I'm okay. I'm going to heaven anyway. But who is blind like my people? Who is deaf like my servant? Consumed by the flames. Now I don't think that means at all that Christians will lose their salvation or go to hell. But I'll tell you this. I think what it does mean. I think that what is good in our lives. The things that could be wonderful in our lives. Are things that just get eaten up. By the flames. I was listening. In fact, I wasn't listening. I met with um, Dick Lucas. And we were talking We were talking a little bit about age. And he said, what age are you? And I told him. I said, I'm about to be 53. And he said, oh, you're just a young boy. I'm 87 or whatever it was. Says, you have many years yet to go in, in serving the Lord and so on. But we were talking about when you get to that age, when you're in your 80s. And one of the things that I think is noticeable actually is how many Christians actually don't finish all that well. Sometimes those in ministry, they don't finish all that well. And I think we need to be aware of that and we need to pray that God would grant that we would finish well. That we would, as we go on, I was reading uh, John Flavel this morning and he was talking about how as you uh, go on and you get nearer the day of your death, it should be something that you anticipate with joy because you are growing closer to the Lord. But that's not always the case, is it? So this blindness and this deafness to the word of God has a really tremendous effect upon the people of God. It causes us to be trapped. It causes us to hide. It causes us to become hardened. It causes us to be consumed. And what's the resolution for that? And incidentally, that's one of the reasons, by the way, why Christians can never be, or I was going to say can never be, but should never be, arrogant in our witness Or even when we're dealing with Christians who we know who've wandered away from the truth of God's word. How we can't be, well, come on, you need to be like us because we've got it. Because the most conservative evangelical can be somebody who receives the word of God. Receives it at one level, but is blind and doesn't see it and is deaf, but doesn't hear it. So what's the answer in this? There's a resolution There's a reality, there's a result, there's a resolution. The question is not why does this happen. The question, as always, is but who? What's going on with the people? Who is it that's been spoken about? It is us who are not listening. And who is it that deals with us? It is the Lord who hands us over. Who handed Jacob over to become Lut? Who handed the church in Scotland over? And I'm talking about the whole church, not one particular denomination. So that we're in the pathetic state that we are in at the moment. I don't think it's the devil. I don't think it's the world. I think God says to his own people sometimes the worst thing possible. You don't listen to me. You get what you ask for. Because verse 24, who have we sinned against? They would not follow his way. Against whom have we sinned? They would not follow his ways. They would not obey his law. And in that, we need our hearts and our minds to be turned. We need to understand, and we need to take it to heart. Now, there's a passage that came to mind, and I want to, to read this from Second Timothy 4. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, this is Paul's charge to Timothy, who will judge the living and the dead, and in view of his appearing in his kingdom, I give you this charge, preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine, instead to suit their own desires, or I love the translation, is their own itching ears, They will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. But you, keep your head in all situations. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. It sounds so much better in Glaswegian. Keep the heed is what uh, Timothy is being told. And I think it's what the church is being told. See, in the passage in Isaiah that we're looking at, Isaiah is in full force as the preacher. And you'll notice what he doesn't do. He doesn't spare their feelings. He doesn't oblige them when they say, Shh, you're offending us, you're upsetting us. Be a little bit more gentle. God's people have to face up to our own sins. And that is really hard to do. I've never forgotten uh, Willie Still saying one time, I heard him say one time, God's people love the word of God until it's turned on them. And then it becomes. But you see, we're smart. We know that we can't be against the word of God, so we, we twist things and turn things. I will say this just personally. I feel under constant pressure. Not necessarily in this congregation, but I feel under constant pressure to tone down the word of God. And it's constant pressure from Christians. And the biggest complaint is it's not nice. It's not nice. We distort the word of God. Now I want to mention one issue in particular, and I do so not out of any particular obsession, but because it's the one that just keeps coming up again and again and again. And I use it as an example. But I want to do it with a caveat it is the issue of sexuality. And I know that there are people, and I know that there are people here who will struggle with issues of sex and sexuality. And I think it is an appalling thing when you are misunderstood and misrepresented. And when there are Christians who, who talk about particular sins as though they were a lot worse. But on the issue of of sexuality just now, it is the shibboleth of our our culture. Um, And by the way, let me say this, that uh, we welcome people of any sexuality here. But what we will never ever do is say to someone who's heterosexual and says, well, you know, I'm heterosexual, so I'm just going to go and sleep with whoever I want. No, No, that's wrong. Same with homosexual. We encourage people to live by the standards of God's word. But if you do struggle with this particular issue, please do feel free uh, to speak to me or I can point you to other people about it. And there's, there are many, many resources to help with that. And I know that it's a real and genuine struggle for people. And uh, it's far more complicated than many people realize in the issue of uh, what causes and so on. It's not that complicated when it comes to what we should do Uh, The Bible is very, very clear on that. But people don't want to hear things. So what they do is they filter. I'm using this as an example. If you're in the internet world, Facebook and Google filter your habits and everything you do. And so you suddenly find yourself. I've been to Malaysia. Every time I go on Facebook or Google now, I get an an invite, a plane deal to go to Malaysia. I'm saying, go away, no, no. And I once looked up something that I'd vaguely thought about buying. And I mean, just something really weird. I don't know, just something stupid. And now they think I've got an interest in all these kind of stupid things. I saying, please leave me alone. Go away. Um, but we filter in that way. I think the devil is a great filter. And at an individual level, we justify things. You ever hear the phrase, God wants me to be happy, so... Do you know what that means? That means God is actually completely irrelevant to me. Because what I want, that's what would make me happy. Therefore, what I want must be what God wants. And therefore, you can justify absolutely anything if that's how you think. But I hear that so many times. We can be deaf and blind in the church as a whole. I was at uh, an assembly, and please do pray for the Church of Scotland Assembly. And we have many fine Christian brothers and sisters in that church who, who need help because they're faced with this situation. A couple of years ago, I was there when a presbytery put forward a motion which was accepted, which said this The Word of God is not synonymous with the Scriptures, but it can in part be discerned from the Scriptures through prayer and through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit contrast that with what Isaiah says God has made his word glorious and the church comes along and says no it's not actually that bit's wrong and that bit's wrong and that bit's wrong and forget the jargon about prayer in the Holy Spirit what they mean is what we say is what God says and at that point the church has moved away from God and moved away from the word of God I think in the free church we can do that. We can be deaf and blind as well. Um, I don't think on the issues like sexuality and so on. But we can be very self-obsessed. And we can forget that it's not about us. And that it's about God being glorified in Scotland. Through the proclamation of the good news of Jesus. But never mind the denominational level. You sit here and you filter. And sometimes you do it deliberately. And sometimes you do it. Um, almost unconsciously, subconsciously. What you want to hear, you hear. What you don't want to hear, you don't hear. Or if you do hear it and you don't like it, you find a way of combating it. It's not all about us. God wants me to be happy. I listened uh, paradoxically this morning to a young man who was discussing on a program about why he left the Christian church. And he said this. These are these actual words. Being happy and gay was more important to me than God. Now, forget the gay issue. What about being happy and married to that person? Or being happy and being in this job? Or being happy and being allowed to continue in whatever particular sin I had? That was more important to me than God. And you know, we have to be really careful when we try, we we apply this to other people, because there's a tendency that we have, a little bit of the Pharisee, which kind of says, yeah, I see that in another denomination, or I see that in another person, but me, I love the Bible, I love Jesus. But there are none so blind as those that will not see, and none so deaf as those that will not hear. Speak, O Lord, we sing, and we should mean it. Because in verse 24, Isaiah says, we... He says, our sins. He remembers his vision in chapter 6 where he says, I am undone for I am a man of unclean lips and I live amongst a people of unclean lips. It is wonderful. Let me just apply this in this church. It is wonderful what God has done for us in this church. There are so many things to be encouraged about. And please don't hear this as... um, The frustrations of a preacher who's thinking, oh, what a bunch of hooligans or whatever. And what a lot and rot we are and so on. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying God has done some absolutely marvelous and wonderful things. But that was precisely the situation in Isaiah's day. I did great things, but you didn't pay attention. And maybe some of you are paying attention. But maybe some of us have to acknowledge, Lord, We've just filtered things. We've just let things go on. Why are we deaf and blind? I want to offer some suggestions. One is fear. We're scared about what God is going to say. Have you ever had that situation where you think, I can't go and talk to that person or I can't go and say that because they'll be really, really scared or they'll be really, really angry? I remember um, being involved in a situation uh, up north Where there was uh, a girl who came to see us, myself and a friend, another minister, and um, she was pregnant. And she was going to go and have an abortion, but she knew an abortion was wrong. And she came to talk to us about what we should do. And when we prayed with her and talked with her, first of all, she was relieved because we hadn't condemned her. And secondly, we persuaded her to go to her parents. And she was terrified. But instead of her parents beating her up, her parents wept. Yeah, they weren't happy. They wept, but they hugged her and they supported her and helped her. I think sometimes we are scared about what God is going to say. We think it will be harsh and condemnatory. I'm not going to go to the doctor in case the doctor tells me I've got cancer. Sometimes we don't want to hear things because they're really tough. But we're better to know, are we not? And our God is not like that. We've just read before about the bruised reed he will not break. So fear sometimes causes us to shut our ears. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear. Distraction. Um, Some of you are sitting exams just now. And I don't think they allow this yet in exam halls. And I don't think they ever will. But when you're sitting with your exam paper and it's just that dreadful feeling. um, You're sitting there and... You've got to focus. You've got to concentrate. You've got four questions to answer in two hours, 25 marks each. You can mark it out. You do everything. You're focusing. If somebody beside you is playing a music or someone else is chewing gum and, and, you know, yakking away and so on, you, you can't focus. Well, sometimes we're deaf and blind because we're easily distracted. We rush into God's presence and we rush out. Flavelle again, says this. Their whole life hath been but a continual diversion from one trifle to another. They've been serious in trifles and trifled in things most serious. This will afford horrid reflections in the world to come. Is it not the case that sometimes you will prepare more to go out on a Friday night or a Saturday night than you will ever prepare to come to hear God's word? Is it not the case that... What really is bothering you and burdening you just now is stuff that is relatively trivial. And Flavelle is surely right. Our life is but a continual diversion from one trifle to another. We've been serious in trifles and we've trifled in things most serious. And in that sense as well we don't hear the voice of God because there's too much noise. Because it's drowned out. It's like when I go cycling and I've got my headphones in and I'm listening to music, that's great. But supposing I'm cycling along the Burn or, or uh, 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 I'm cycling out in the country and there's the birds singing and there's... I mean, I, I uh, cycled the other week and there was a, a deer and it was really unusual because it wasn't a roe deer, it was a red deer, jumped across my path. But I heard it coming because I didn't have my earphones in. And in many ways, I... Do you know... You go on the tube or go on a train and people standing, instead of talking to each other, what are they doing? They're in contact all the time. Is it not a little bit like the devil gets us to have some kind of spiritual smartphone that means we're never actually available to listen to God? Because we're so easily distracted. Too much noise. Here's another reason we're deaf and blind. We don't have time. Actually we do. The one thing we do have is time. It's just we don't give time. Time is actually our most precious commodity. When you're young, you think, Ah, I've got loads of time. As you get middle age, you go, Where's all the time going? Can't believe that year's over that quick. And as you get older, you realize that your life is but a breath. But we do have time. Why are we deaf and blind? because we don't give the time that we have to prepare for the eternity that will be ours whatever and I think we're deaf and blind as well because we're cunning our hearts are desperately deceitful and wicked and I'm applying this believe you me I'm applying this to me I, I, I'm conscious how easily distracted I get from these things like I mentioned um, we distort the word of God someone tells you something right and you decide not to listen to them because they once said or did something bad. You don't want to hear them. And it's amazing when you don't want to hear somebody how you see all the bad things in them. It's just like when, when you see something good. I, you know when you're a kid or a teenager, sorry. Or maybe even a student. Maybe you're still at this stage. When somebody, a girl comes up to you if you're a young man and says, My friend, she really fancies you. She thinks you're great amazing how your opinion of that person suddenly improves because of their good taste you know you see that uh, you know they just uh, they think you're wonderful wow okay um, they're actually not bad themselves you know that that, that it, it, it automatically you automatically filter it in that way isn't it amazing how we gather around ourselves what we want to hear i will tell you this no matter the church you will always find that people who've got a complaint will somehow manage as though they've got some complaint meter. That they will manage to find out and get, move their way. It's almost so like they're attracted to the people who've got exactly the same complaint. You know who your best friend is? Your best friend is somebody who, when you tell them something that you feel really strongly, says, no, I don't think that's right, and is prepared to wound you and hurt you. The wounds of a friend are faithful. So, a man called Robert Gagnon from the States was on a program called Unbelievable. Speaking on the sexuality issue, Jane Olsen. Now, what astounded me about that program was he spoke the Word of God. He was very clear. I thought he was brilliant, and I actually thought he was gracious in how he did it. Maybe that was me being biased. I don't know. But in the response to the program, you know what the primary complaint was? We don't want to listen to him because he wasn't nice. He didn't listen to the story. He didn't accept her story. And therefore, he wasn't nice. And therefore, what he said can be ignored. Sometimes someone will tell you something and they may not be nice, but what they tell you is true. And sometimes someone will tell you something and they're incredibly nice and what they say is false. The devil comes as an angel of light. We're deaf and blind because we're selfish. Because we have a self-absorption and a pride. Because we're sinful. Because our hearts are cold and hard. Do you know, have you ever have you ever seen that? Speak to the hand. The heart ain't listening. We do that. We hold up our hand to God. Go for it. You talk all you want. Give me your words. I'm not listening. And I'm not going to listen. Now please understand... I am not saying this about a particular group of people or I'm saying this about me. I'm saying this is what I do and it's what we all do. But there's a but coming in this, isn't there? Verse, uh, if you go into chapter... 43 but now this is what the Lord says he who created you fear not I have redeemed you and so on that but refers back to this bit and that's we will come on to that God calls God redeems hear the word of the Lord what did Jesus say he said can the blind lead the blind no they can't who is blind like my servant it's of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed isn't it it's of God's mercy do I want wholeness and well-being? Do I want to be those who are in covenant and see and hear and feel? Let me apply this in this way. In your heart of hearts, being 100% honest, you don't, even, you don't have to shout it out, you don't have to sign a form, you don't have to do a survey, you don't have to tell anyone, but in your heart of hearts, do you think that sometimes, oh God, you are withholding happiness from me i want to be whole i want to be healed i want to be joyful i want to know your presence but you are you're holding this back and maybe you don't say it like that but that's really what you're feeling there's a resentment within you you know what god says no i have given you everything you have resolved to be blind You resolved here. Calvin says this, Isaiah now declares that it's through their own fault that the people are miserable and appointed to destruction because they reject God who would otherwise have been inclined to do good to them and because they deliberately set aside remedies and wish for death as is commonly the case with men who are past hope. The devil will come to you once you fall into this trap and he will cripple you because he will tell you that God doesn't want you To have that. You see, the two extremes are God wants me to be happy so that everything I want, He must want. Or the other is that God doesn't want me to be happy because He's just going to crush me. When the truth is this that God wants us to be happy, but our happiness does not consist in our own desires being fulfilled, but in our being holy. In our being as close to him as possible. God has a calling for you, a high calling for you, which is way beyond your petty ambitions. He calls you to him. He calls you to be holy. He calls you to belong to him. He calls you to glorify him and to in, enjoy him forever. Which of you will listen to this or pay close attention in time to come? Listen. Listen. You have great privileges. Great privileges. There are people in this city today who don't have a fraction of what you've got. They're not listening to the word of God. They know nothing about Jesus. They're blind and deaf because they're not hearing or seeing anything. And there are people in churches who are not hearing the word of God, and that's a dreadful tragedy. But you cannot sit here and say, well, at least we're hearing the word of God and it's sound and so on, because God says, yes, but. Where's your heart? Revelation 3.19. Those whom I love, I rebuke and discipline. Therefore, be zealous and repent. I find it very easy to be censorious. I find it very easy to be judgmental. I find it very easy to be frustrated and angry. I find it very easy to get bitter. I find it very easy to fall into despair. I find it easy to think my sin is way too great. I find it easy to be miserable. What I don't find it easy is to come before God and be conscious of these two things that are essential One, how great a sinner I really am. And two, how he really does not only desire but have the power to make me holy through what Jesus has done. It's horrible if you live in a home where your partner never hears what you're saying where your kids never hear what you're saying. Communication is always the number one problem in any marriage, in any relationship. It's horrible. If you belong in church, you never hear God speaking to you. You hardly ever speak to God. And God cries out, my people, all my people, There is none blind like my servant, none so deaf as my servant. If only my people would hear and call. That's not implying that God is is weak. It's not implying that he's dependent on us. It is saying this, that he... Wants relationship with us, and that relationship must be two-way. And if we're putting our fingers in our ears, and if we're putting our hands over our eyes, if we are refusing to hear, if we are refusing to see, then little wonder that we become miserable and wander away. I, I leave you just—I I leave you with this. I, for me, it's just such a beautiful thought of Christ's loving, rebuking, and disciplining, Therefore being zealous and repent we'll go on to see more about how, how God continually speaks to us but I want each of us to be enormously thankful and just to simply say to the Lord Lord thank you for the clarity of your word thank you for speaking sorry about the confusion of my heart the filtering the blindness the self-righteousness the censoriousness everything else and grant that I may hear what you say, and may see your purposes. Let's pray. Lord, bless your word to us. We thank you for your amazing grace, your incredible condescension in speaking to us. When we are so stubborn, so thrown, so hardened, we wallow in our sorrow and our bitterness rather than give it to you, though you tell us to cast all our cares upon you. We try to fix our own problems, though you tell us they are too deep for us to fix. We try, O Lord, to make our own way to you, and you tell us it can't be done. And yet you continue to speak and continue to guide. And through your word this morning, you warn us and you warn your church throughout this land, that we should hear what you have to say, for your word is not a word of condemnation and judgment. It is word that brings life and light. But Lord, help us to see and help us to hear and help us to know just how deeply loved we are, that whatever we have done, whatever we are, whatever depths are still to be remained in our corrupt hearts, still to be discovered. Grant, O God, that we would see that your love is deeper still. In your name we ask it. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from St. Peter's Free Church in Dundee. If you found this sermon has been helpful to you, please help us to continue building up and assisting the people of God. Visit our website at stpeters dundee.org.uk information and training on persuasive evangelism and how to share your faith biblically please visit the website of solace the center for public christianity at solace-cpc.org once again that website address is s-o-l-a-s hyphen thanks for listening